When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Mark. And I'm Charity. And welcome to the Case Watch Podcast. Case Watch deals with content meant for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case Watch. Confirming the body found in Grand Teton National Park is Gabby Petito, and she was killed. We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Late today, Chris Watts was officially charged with the murders of his wife and his two young girls. Remember these words. If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Hey, crime creeps. It's Sabrina from Butler, Pennsylvania. I love listening to your show while I'm at work. Have a great day and stay creepy. We will definitely stay creepy. We can't do anything but stay creepy. Charity's the creepiest person I know. I really am kind of creepy. But not in a, like that kind of creepy way. It's a good no, creepy. No, you're a good creep. All of our creeps in our Case Watch Crime Creep group are good creeps. They're That's why creeps. we love to reward them with what we call best of the week. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wait a minute. I have a new thing. That's right. Oh. Ready? Best of the week. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah, I buddy. I like that. All right. So uh, our creep, Kelly, wanted to remind us, who are not alcoholics, that a screwdriver just vodka and orange juice. How stupid are we? <laughs> I said it before, guys. I don't drink at all. Uh. And Charity is a wino, so. I mean, I'm not a full-on wino. I'm not drinking wine right now, but I you, do enjoy. Uh, they know. What are we going to be life. doing in 25 minutes from now when we're done with the show? I'm I I'm going to plead fifth. I'm going to say you will be drinking wine. All right. So we had Courtney who wanted to basically. I'll summarize. What's the best way to do research if she wants to explore missing, murdered cases in Arkansas? What advice do you have? Because you are, Charity, the queen of research. I am. So when I research, I basically start off by Googling the incident or the person's name. Uh, If it's a missing person, I'll put that in. I try to go all different, as much information as I can get from as many different places. And uh, then I set up a timeline. And then I will go back in and I will, um, I like to write it like I'm telling a story. Yep. Um, but if she's just researching, that's what I would, that's what I do. If that works for me, if there's a book or a, a documentary or anything like that, I will, I will read and listen to those as well to continue to get as much information as I possibly can. So I hope that's helpful. I don't know. It works for me that way. I don't know about you, Mark. Well, everyone researches a little bit differently. Yep. I, I'm very similar to you. I, I like outlines. Yes. I'm an outline guy. Yeah. And then timelines. Those are the two things that I do. And then I, so charity and me do things differently. Right. 
So where she likes to write it out, I just like to timeline it and wing it. Right. And then I just roll. He does. Yeah. He likes to roll. Chris sent us one that says, U.S. woman arrested for calling her ex-boyfriend <gasps> 77,000 times in a week. Honestly, the picture of her, it looks, I'm, it's sad. Like, she looks like she's in a mental, having a mental break of some sort. One of our creeps, uh, Leslie, said that this is clearly a psychotic break and she needs mental health professionals yeah. to address this. And I agree. I agree, too. Could you imagine? There was nothing else she could have done. 77,000 calls. That's crazy. Unbelievable. It really is. Oh, can we talk about um, our... Well, first I want to talk about... <laughs> Victoria posted, and I'm going to be talking about this as a triple D. Okay. Um, a picture of a woman, Pennsylvania woman, arrested for allegedly burning and killing her husband. And... <laughs> The funniest comment on here was from Christopher and said, what in the skunk hair happened here? I was dying. I missed that. Because there's her picture. Oh, my God. <laughs> that looks like Cruella DeVille. Oh, my God. It was so funny. And then we need, need, need to talk about all of the Mike Tyson. Oh, my God. <laughs> Mike we should not talk about it. We should That's just true. tell everybody there's some really to. cool Mike oh my Tyson God. memes I, in the group. My mouth hurt. That entire, as everyone posted, because I was laughing so hard. They're absolutely wonderful. And Dawn, who apparently knows her balls really, really well, the word we were looking for were Newton's balance balls. Newton's balance balls. Yes, those I like are the that. ones that go. I learned about those in police academy for the first time when that movie then from the eighties. Did you see um, Ariel? She had a, a product. It's um, one Johnny Depp. It says clean, and then Amber Heard. I love dirty. that. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Ariel also posted the one that has to do with me liking salsa, and we'll leave it at that. Yes. Jennifer posted, what a cool way to make new friends, and it's a bathroom with two toilets facing I saw other. that one. <laughs> this- and then there was talk of the um, stones, using stones to wipe your butt, and we could pile oh. them in the middle. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Uh, this lady named Charity Case Watch posted... Dear creeps, we are in need of some voicemails. Please call in so you can hear your awesome voices. 603-212-4600. Say something funny. Tell us where you're from or just say hi. And they did. They did. We got a bunch of new ones. They did. All right. Danelle cracked me up. This one actually got an an audible dad joke laugh from me. (laughs) My son has been eating electrical cords. What do I do? (laughs) It's fun. Ground him until he conducts himself properly. <laughs> Absolutely love that one. And then Dana roast in the comments. I'll have to share this with my ex-husband. He'll be shocked. <laughs> oh, hey, Mark. Amber Star um, has suggestion for some new wheels for your feet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had some uh, comments on those. I actually said I would try them. She's actually so I, me and her have become Facebook friends. Nice. She's pretty talented. Like. She does all this, uh, I believe it's jujitsu and all this other stuff, and I think she's a tattoo artist. Oh, that's cool. So I might have to go to wherever she is and get yeah, some Yeah, where is she? Where ink. are you? I want some ink. I'll go with you. I need some new stuff. My little double is kind of fading away that's on my arm. and I have something very specific that I would like to get. You going to share it or is it a nope. secret? It's a secret. There I have go. secrets, Mark. I don't have any. I blab everything. Mark, I have, I have some secrets. What are you trying to tell me? I'm not sure. I don't know either. (laughs) 
Let's see. Uh, yeah, the Cruella DeVille one. That hair is so great. <laughs> and it can never go wrong with people sending in pictures of their cats. Oh, my I God. I love that. Love I know. Any animal. Any of their animals. I love. I love the one that Walter sent in. It says, giddy up, sparkle farts. It's yes. time to, there's chaos to spread. And it's a little cat sitting oh. on this little, uh, what do you call them? Unicorn thing. And I love it. I can't. <laughs> oh, well. I love this stuff. This is the Such stuff that makes stuff. me happy. Zachary posted that one where I don't know what I would think. Where it's that picture of that cute little girl holding the oh, screwdriver where it love, says, I love my dad. Yeah, I know. Like, what would you do? I know. Uh, Tara had posted um, if we knew who um, is the ghost of Gilbert. And I, I messaged her back. I said, we do, but we don't have the permission you know, I don't want to just go saying who it is. If he wants to say, yes, we but do. But he I, is so talented, guys. Like, honest to God. We've chatted on the phone. I've actually talked I to I haven't him. gotten the pleasure of doing that yet. Yeah, I have. That's all that matters. Yeah. He, he talked to the cool one of the show. <sighs> Ghost of Gilbert. Tell Mark that that's not true. That I'm just as cool as him. Oh, have, you, don't, you don't have to, but it would be nice. I have Ghost of Gilbert's phone number. I'll just have you call him someday. Cold call him. You're like, I don't know who this is. <laughs> I'll be like, who's this weird chick? I like I like Mark from Case Walk. <gasps> don't speak for the ghost of Gilbert, Godfrey. Yeah, that one's the best. I Gilbert, it's time for you to give another one. Yes. Mark. Yes. Um, Katie posted on the Crime Creeps. Just for informational use, I am not able to review the podcast. And then she posted this this screenshot and it says it can take up to five business days for Apple to process the submission in our experience. If a few days have passed and your podcast is still not active in Apple podcast connect, then you should contact Apple. We have observed significant delays in Apple's processing of podcasts. All right. Mm. So that's kind of comes out differently. That's when you're setting up the podcast. That's what Apple Podcast Connect is. Oh. So that's that's something on our end. Oh. If you're not getting reviews oh, on I your see. podcast. So that's not really a... So when you leave a review, it's not instant. It usually takes probably 48 yeah. hours for it to come out. Sometimes longer. Sometimes it does. So if you say like swears or something like that, they'll... Evaluate it. it. So with that being said... Five star review, guys, all the way around, and we're gonna use douche diddity. Douche diddity. Yes, that's a I good love one. It's a good one. Also, text and voicemail line, like Charity said in the little while ago that I read for her six zero three two one two forty six hundred. We just love to hear from you guys. We sure do. All right, Charity, the floor is yours. You said before we get a little bit of a triple D palate cleanser, you wanted to touch on a couple of missing people. I do. So um, this person was sent in by Tim. And it's Michael A. McKenney. So I'm just going to go ahead and read what I found. Michael McKenney was last seen on May 22nd, 2020 in Fairfield Township, Ohio. His vehicle was found May 23rd, 2020 at Houston Woods State Park in Preble County. Some items of his, some items of his were found inside. Michael was 28 at the time of his disappearance and he would be 30 years old now. He's a white male and is five foot eight, weighing about 135 pounds. Both his hair and his eyes are brown. Michael loved the outdoors and spent much time at Houston Woods State Park and Rentshire Forest. Yolanda Middleton, Michael's mother, has had this to say. There's somebody who knows. I am praying that he took off somewhere. I worry every single day. I have hope until 
I have proof otherwise. That's sad. I don't think there's anything in the world worse than being the loved one of a missing person. Seriously. Because as sad as it sounds, and I, I mean this in no bad way, but when somebody you love passes on, you know where they are. You know what's happened. Well, that's the thing. When they're missing, it's you don't, and that's the worst part. Um, so the reason I really wanted to get this one out here now is because um, I got just yesterday, the day befo- before, Tim sent me um, a screenshot from the Bring Michael homepage, and uh, this is what was said. This is Brenda. First, we want to thank everyone for all their support over the last two years, whether it was prayers, donations, searching, and buying items. Now we will be asking for help. Please, we do not have dates yet, but we are going to need volunteers. Some that are able to search, some that pass out water and snacks, some on flyer that someone passes out flyers. We have a couple new leads and we need searchers. So please invite friends and family to help. I'll be with Michael's grandmother at a table that you will need to sign in at. Please. That way we'll know who you are. If you think you can help, please leave your name so we can see how many we might have. Please share. And she did a prayer sign. So it sounds like they have some leads. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like they have something in the works here. And sorry if I was reading that kind of wonky because it's really, really small writing and I don't have my glasses on. Yes. No. Everybody gives you a pass for that. Yeah. So, um, it is said, though, if anyone has any information, if anybody's seen, uh, oh, we can post maybe his picture, Mark. Sure. Um, if you've seen him anywhere, if you know anyone who's said, hey, I saw a weird thing, this guy, whatever, um, you should contact Butler County Sheriff's Office at 513-785-1000. And remember, like we always say, even though what you saw you might not think is something of interest or whatnot, you're not the judge of that. Give that to the authorities because it could be something that breaks these cases wide open. Well, here's my thing, right? Maybe he just something happened and he had a lapse of something and yep. just wandered off. So someone might have just seen him walking away but doesn't know that that was Michael. But if they see a picture of him, they might know, hey, I saw that guy. Oh, yeah, like, oh, that's the guy I saw. He was going yeah. that way. You know what I mean? So it's it's a possibility. Absolutely. So the other one I want to talk about, um, I don't. You, some of you may have heard of this, the Skelton Brothers. I don't know this. This was sent to me by Justin. Um, Tanner Alexander and Andrew Skelton went missing Thanksgiving of 2010. They were just nine, seven, and five years old. The boys went to spend the holiday with their father, John Skelton, in Morency, Michigan. Tanya Zulvers, mom to the three boys, was supposed to pick up the boys the next day. According to Fox2Detroit.com, Tanya stopped hearing from John, so she went to his house. So she got nervous and was like, I'm just going to drive there because he's not answering me back. John wasn't home. He was at the hospital, and the boys were nowhere to be found. John had broken his ankle, and he told doctors and nurses that he broke his ankle while trying to commit suicide. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When police entered John's home, it was a complete mess and the boys were not inside. John's story has changed more than once when talking about where his boys were. He first said his boys were with friends. He then said he gave them to a woman he didn't know. Lastly, he told the police he gave them to an underground group that would keep them safe. Things continue to get weird. Cell phone records show that John Skelton had been in Morrensee early November 26, 2010. His phone pinged him in Ohio, 20 miles from his home. It was then shut off and didn't ping for two hours and 15 minutes until he was back in Morrency. That, to me, is really suspicious. You're hiding something. Why would he shut his phone off for over two hours? He clearly didn't want anyone to know where he was. Many searches have been done over the years looking for the boys. John is keeping his lips sealed and isn't saying whether his boys are alive. Luckily, John is in jail. They were able to arrest him and charge him with unlawful imprisonment. He got 10 to 15 years. My question is, what happens when he's done serving his sentence? Does he just get to go on living his life and not have to tell anyone what happened to his children? I say you just, I don't know if this is politically correct, but people like this shouldn't get out until they spill their beans. And right, if but they, they don't have, want to. But they have no evidence. Them. I don't need it. I know. Let other inmates handle situations like this. I know. Just a suggestion. Well, this feels just, oh, a suggestion? Yeah. I like it. Oh, a suggestion. This feels just as douchey as the Harmony Montgomery case. Like, uh, I, it's just, the douchiness is overwhelming. Fox2Detroit.com went on to report that according to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, that this was not the first time John had kept his children from Tanya. About two months before the boys went missing, he took them out of school and said he was taking them to Florida to visit his parents. John and Tanya divorced right after this incident. Boy, does that speak volumes. So sounds like he had some stuff going on, like some absolutely not good things going on. Tanya was granted custody. John pleaded no contest to the three unlawful imprisonment charges and was sentenced in 2011. If he is not granted parole, he'll be released in 2025. That's just three years from now, guys. That's not far. Three years. If anyone has any information at all, you are urged to call Michigan State Police at 517-636-0689 or the National Center for Missing Exploited Children at 1-800-843-5678. Um, there's been a progression, like an age progression picture of what the boys might look like now. Um, so I'm hoping we'll, we should post those too. Absolutely. Because I just can't imagine. This scares me, the outcome of the possible outcome, I should say. It's this. just, I don't know. Why? Just talk. How can your conscience, like. He's not going to talk, Charity, because I, in my opinion, we always have to say it like this now. My opinion. Yeah. My opinion of this is he's not going to talk because he knows that they're 
you know, he killed them. Right. It would be my, if that's the only thing in my head that makes sense as to why he's not going to say anything about it. Right. Unbelievable scumbaggy behavior. I don't know. I just, I thought it was important to get those out there. Absolutely is. If you, you guys know. have stuff like this that we haven't covered, make us aware of it because we would love to shed more light on situations like I this. I definitely want to start incorporating more missing persons into the, into each episode. I would because love that. you just don't, you don't know, and a lot of times we somebody that goes missing in another state like that, we don't may not hear about it necessarily, you know. Because think Unless of how many it has people go the missing. hallmarks of yes. a Gabby Petito case right. or something like that that goes right. nationwide. These boys were so cute, and I say were because I just feel the worst. I know I feel the worst. I mean, if he tried to kill himself, there's a reason why. Oh yeah, what? Pees me off is that uh, he went to the hospital with a broken, broken ankle. ankle. Yeah, you were that much of a Sally that you mm-hmm. went to the hospital for that when you're going to kill yourself and you probably just killed your children. Yep, I hate people like this. Me scumbag. too. So if we can find anything out, I, I don't know. Absolutely, but I need the douche wiped off of me. Well, I have I have a few things that might just do that for you, Mark. Thank God, because if anybody else is feeling like I am right now, I'm feeling pretty, the douche is like, hit me right in the head because right. of this last case. So as we said earlier, this is, I consider this a triple D, okay? So Victoria had posted in the crime creeps, like we said, the woman says that her husband burned himself. Yep. Okay, so why not just, I'm going to just tell that little story. Oh, okay. Yeah. A 66-year-old Pennsylvanian woman. <laughs> no, we're, we, you're taking that out. No, we're going to leave it. <laughs> no. I don't even know what you said wrong. It sounded great to me. Is it Pennsylvanian? I think it is. I think you just messed yourself up, so now it's definitely staying in. All right, anyways. The woman's name is Evelyn Henderson. What woman? The 60, 66-year-old woman. The, yeah, I'm confused. Which one? D- the one from Pennsylvania. Oh, the Pennsylvanian woman? Yeah. All right. Her. Now Now I know what you're talking about. Let's carry on. Evelyn Henderson called police at 5 a.m. on June 16th. Evelyn told the dispatcher that she had heard her husband yelling, but didn't call 911 right away because he was, you know, already burnt. When the police arrived at the couple's home, they found 84-year-old Carmen Henderson in the nude. He, bur- he burned and already passed, he had burned, sorry, and already passed away. It was also noted that it looked as if he had been dead for a while. While being questioned, lovely Evelyn changed her story. By the way, this woman, definitely go over to the crime creep page because this woman <laughs> does not look like a lovely Evelyn. Evelyn. Is this Corella DeVille? Yeah. That one? Oh, yeah. you guys have to go check this yeah, one yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So her story changed many times, but then landed on this one. According to a WMPT, the, she told the authorities that she saw her husband outside around 3 p.m. the previous day, and he was on fire, Mark. She said allegedly, he was still alive at the time. He was simply sitting on a camp chair with his pants on fire. She said he called for help, and she thought about calling 911 at the time, but she didn't. She couldn't come up with a good reason why she didn't call. <laughs> this poor guy! I'm trying not to laugh, but I feel horrible. Oh, my God. According to, again, WMPT, the couple was in debt and owed $40,000 on a second mortgage. Evelyn allegedly told the police that she handled their money poorly and caused their limousine company to have to file for bankruptcy. 
According to court records, Evelyn had a $10,000 life insurance policy on her husband, Carmen. WMPT also reported that fire investigators determined that Carmen could not be responsible for killing himself in that manner. manner. Oh, Evelyn. I love it. Man. First, I like the fact that the name of this news company is WMPT. It were (laughs) WMT. And two, like, he's not, you know, a s'mores. You don't want him to catch fire. Like, give me a break, girl. I think... My opinion, there's more to this story. Oh, definitely. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So this next little triple D was sent in by Ariel. Mark, did you participate in Bring Your Child to Work Day when Arby was little? Nope. I used to go to work with my dad when I was little, and it was always so fun to see what he did. One man decided it was time to bring his child with him to work to show him what he does. You see, the man was a criminal and was planning to have a lucrative day of breaking into shops and grabbing cash. The father broke into a pet shop with his son in tow. Everything went great, or so he thought. This was a routine job for this crook. That's why he was shocked when he was arrested shortly after the robbery. You see, this dumbass fled the crime scene so quick, he forgot his son. Oh, my God. I love it. You know what I love uh, is your laugh. That was the best. <laughs> this is, these were, um, I think it was titled like um, criminals like leaving. It was like they left stuff behind type thing. I tell you what. All right. If we get, you guys just heard Charity's cute laugh. <laughs> if we get someone to post about Charity's laugh in the Case Watch Crime Creep group, and 50 people like that post, I will release that for a ringtone. Oh, my God. Absolutely free of charge. I will have that be a ringtone that you guys can get. Our charity is little. <laughs> that will be available for absolutely free if we can get 50 likes on a, on a post. About I her do laugh. not think anybody is going to want a ringtone of my Are laugh. you kidding me? <laughs> I want that ringtone as a laugh. That should be my your ringtone for me, though. It should. Mine is, mine's your Buck teeth face that you do. Mark, I got something to tell you. Somebody told me the other day, because I like to make that face. You do. It's for people. And somebody told me that it actually was kind of cute. It run, I reminded them of Cindy Lou Who when I made that face. Because she yeah, has buck teeth. They were feeling bad for you. Okay, whatever. <laughs> here's, here's another one of those. Oh, I forgot something. A man wielding a gun entered a convenience store in Aora, Indiana. Did I say that right? I don't know. That's one I can't. Aurora. Aurora. There we go. Aurora, Indiana. He told the cashier to empty all the cash from the register. The cashier did as they were told and took all the money out. The gunman then tied them up and took off running out of the store. Guess what, Mark? I'm afraid. This criminal forgot something as he ran off. The money. He forgot the money. The freaking money. (laughs) He pulled the door to try to get back in to oh get the money, God. but it had already automatically locked, so he couldn't get back in. He just looked in, seeing the cash sitting there. How stupid. You take the time to tie the cashier up. I hysterical. Am, I am. I don't know what to say with this one. Hysterical. I am so now you're going to get arrested. Now you're going to get arrested because it was all on camera. 
Oh my God. Yeah. Stupidness. <laughs> How the heck do you steal and then forget it? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. All right, Charity. It can only go downhill from okay, here. Okay, this is the last one. And this was sent to me by Melissa. What's up, Melissa? <laughs> What's up, Melissa? Sup. Sup. Okay, ready? Yep. This one's gross. 52-year-old Tulsa man Kenneth Enlow was seen by a woman and her seven-year-old daughter as they were using the toilet. The Tulsa County Sheriff's deputies received a call from a park ranger from a park on the south side of Keystone Dam. There are toilets for ongoers to use. The toilets have a plastic seat that sits over a hole that leads to a very large septic tank under a cement slab. Here is what Deputy Brian Osman had to say to newson6.com. Are you ready? Yes. I saw that he was standing with his head and shoulders of out of the hole, sticking out of the hole, and he was covered in feces. This sicko was actually hiding in the poopy hole, watching the women sit their naked bums on the seat. Gross. I mean, I love looking at, you know, naked women. Not when there's stuff coming out of there. But this is a step too far. Don't you think? He's getting pooped on. Absolutely. Like, this is gross on all levels. A, they don't know that they're being watched, so that's just creepy and disgusting. Gross. Kenneth? Oh, oh my God, this is gross. (laughs) Kenneth had to be helped out of the hole by Keystone Fire and Rescue, then hosed down with a fire hose. This is like that woman whose phone got dropped in, but on a bigger scale. This would be like a job for the newbie. Yeah. All right. You got to go down there and get him, son. Go host the pedophile off. Ugh, he was gross. charged with misdemeanor peeping Tom. I don't think it should be a misdemeanor. I don't either because. That's gross. Like you said, you can't guarantee everybody he saw was over the age of 18. Well, no, the seven-year-old That's girl. That's what I'm saying. It's On gross. top of that, there's Ew. even probably more. Just stop it. It's so gross. Has anybody shown this idiot what the internet is? Like, you don't have to go sit underneath toilets and get pooped on to see naked woman. No, you don't. So gross. So gross. I think this next case is probably going to continue to be gross. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Oh, my God, guys. He says something different every time and then expects me not to laugh when I'm supposed to record. So when we take a break and we stop, I always come back with, like, and action. And that one was Roll that beautiful bean footage. (laughs) Charity just looks at me like, you are something special. (sighs) Okay. Here we are at part two. In part one, we met Rodney Akala. Other than his father leaving the family when he was eight and his grandmother passing away, he seemed to have a pretty normal childhood and appeared to be well adjusted. His family was a religious family and he spent almost all his school years enrolled in private Catholic schools. Rodney was an excellent student and had many friends. His teachers loved him. He begged his mother to allow him to experience public school, and she gave in. He finished up his high school years at public school and was said to be very involved in sports and activities, still having many friends, never having any problems academically. Rodney had never been in trouble at school or otherwise. After graduation, he enlisted in the United States Army. His life seemed on track. That is, until about three years into his military career. Rodney went AWOL and hitchhiked home to see his mother. (laughs) I just realized in this part right here, I I spelled A-wall, A, and then (laughs) W-A-L-L. He's a wall. You're welcome, people. (laughs) It didn't light up. (laughs) She was in shock. Of course not, Charity, because it's literally a wall. (laughs) She was in shock and knew there was something terribly, going terribly wrong with her son mentally. 
He turned himself in and got a long list of mental diagnoses. Staying in a military hospital for a while, the military released him from his duties and Rodney enrolled at UCLA and got a degree in fine arts. Not long after he graduated from UCLA, he raped and beat eight-year-old Tally Shapiro. Luckily, she survived, but he fled to New York and enrolled in NYU, studying film under the alias John Berger. He was, again, beloved by all professors and fellow students, excelling academically. Cornelia Michael Crilly was his next victim. Unfortunately, he killed her. While working at his summer camp with children, his identity was discovered, and he ended up only getting 17 months in her rehabilitation facility. Once out, he assaulted a 13-year-old girl and went back to the same facility to be fixed some more. Yeah, remember that, people? Fixed. When we left off, Rodney was out and about, and his parole officer allowed him to go to New York to visit some family. It's believed this is when he killed Ellen Jane Hoover. Back in California, he was brought in by authorities and questioned in connection with the Hillside Strangler. He was cleared, and police had no idea. They had just questioned a different serial killer. Oh, and he was working at the Los Angeles Times as a typist, despite his criminal history. And this was in 1978. So we're all caught up now. Let's continue on, Mark. Awesome. Let's carry on Let's with the douchiness. Let's carry on with the douchiness. By now, we are seeing Rodney's M.O. Clearly, these women didn't have to be women. He was fine if they were young girls as well. He had some signature moves that included raping, sodomizing, beating, biting, and strangling. He sometimes strangled his victims until they were unconscious, waited for them to wake up, then continued his horrendous acts of violence. That right there is psychopathic behavior. Yep. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. Cuz he's not getting any enjoyment out of it because he's not seeing their response. Nope. That is unbelievable. Yep. Rodney was working during the day and raping and killing at night. Two separate lives just like many serial killers. This a D-bag would always have his camera around his neck and was known around the area as a quote unquote photographer. So he did Guys, I am an actual photographer. This guy. He, That's why I carry so my So he camera. actually did take many photography classes and he did. He was taking pictures around the city. Like he'd be seen wherever he was taking pictures of. That's not what I take pictures of. Yeah, we know what you take pictures of. <laughs> Except those women want you to. Mine pay, my, the woman pay me to take pictures. Yes. yes. And you're not creepy about it at not all. Not at all. So he would pretend to be a professional fashion photographer and take inappropriate sexual photos of young women and teenage boys. A woman that allowed him to take photos of her in 1979 had this to say. He said he was a professional. So in my mind, I was being a model for him. According to testimony later, it was made known that during a photo shoot with a 15-year-old named Monique Hoyt, he knocked her unconscious. Mark just hit the microphone, by the way. I hope you guys heard that. I did it on purpose, though. Raped her and then licked the photos he had taken of her. Ew, what a creep. God. Like, how did this happen? Like, how did he go from a semi-normal dude to this? This? There's no way he I was. Know. There's something weird there missing has to here. Be. Because there's no way you do what he did. I don't know. Unbelievable. Oh, this gets good. This gets good. This is yet another very strange twist. In You can look this up, by the way, guys, and watch it. In September of 1978, Rodney appeared on The Dating Game. 
This God. was a TV show during the time that used comedy as women interviewed a few men while being unable to see them. I love this game, by the way. So good. He, oh, side note, he's also called the um, dating game killer as well. Oh, okay. That's one of his, one of his nicknames. Because I didn't want to say it earlier because this wasn't introduced yet. Okay. Yeah. Rodney's criminal history was unknown because background checks weren't really a, a thing like they are now. So the show didn't have the technology to see that he was a convicted child molester and sex offender. Oh, I forgot that part. Yeah. Executives of the show thought Rodney would be great because he, he was not a bad looking guy. Like if you look back, he, I don't I, look him up. He's looking, I right, I'm going to look him up while you're mm-hmm. reading. After all, he was good looking, well-spoken, intelligent, and an accomplished photographer. Or so they told him, or he told them, I should say. He was bachelor number one, and he was introduced as, quote, a successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in a dark room at the age of 13, quote, unquote, fully developed. Get it? Fully developed. I did get that. Yeah. All right. So he kind of has that long hair, and I could see where somebody. He's got, like, nice features. I see him on the dating game right there. Let me see. Let me see the picture again. Yeah. Wait, let me see it. Those are yeah, all yeah. the different ones right that, there. Yeah, that one yeah. on the right, the black and white. He's, he's not a bad looking guy at all. And he's, you know, charming and says all these things. Anyways, Cheryl Bradshaw was the name of the bachelorette looking for a date. One of the questions Cheryl asked Rodney was to describe what kind of meal he would be. This was his answer. I can't even with this. I'm called the banana, and I look really good. Peel me. Ugh! That is like... You know what? It's just so ew. gross because we know he's gross. Like What's he's also trying to be gross funny. is these people are like the age of our parents, so now it's like thought in my head that like my parents thought like stuff like this. Right. Oh, right, like, right. Ew, I thought ew. that just started yeah. with us. What are you talking about, weirdos? <laughs> Bachelor number one's charm and wit got him the date with Cheryl, but when the two met in person... Cheryl got a strange vibe from him. She later said he was acting really creepy. For this reason, she decided not to go on a set, on a date with him. Wow. I mean, that was some amazing spidey sense on her part. Peel me wasn't enough of a sense. Well, <laughs> it's funny because she, I, I, I read that she called the show, the producer and said, is it okay if I don't go on the date? And they're like, of course it is. Like you, we, you're not forcing you to do anything, you know, cause just because you're on the show, some people continue on the date. Other people didn't. Oh, yeah. And she, that's what she said. He made her feel very uncomfortable Who when they were knows? in the green room. Maybe if she could have been a victim. She, I, oh, absolutely. Right. Who Crazy knows? man. She may have just she dodged escaped. a bullet. Yeah, absolutely. Many say the rejection he received appearing on the dating game fueled him and his murder spree became even more aggressive. In 1979, a 12 year old girl named Robin Samso and her friend were asked by a man to take their picture. This man was later identified as by Robin's friend as Rodney. Not long after the girls were stopped by this photographer, it was said that Rodney followed Robin while she was walking alone to her ballet class and scooped her up. The poor little girl's remains were found two weeks after her disappearance in Angeles National Forest. Robin's head was found separate from her body, and both of her hands were missing. It was also noted that her front teeth 
were cracked. Clearly, she went under severe abuse. Like, the, I just, little Horrible. girl, little, and what's with the head in the hands? No, I didn't Our even last think of case, that. they did that too. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't, it's a thing, I guess. I don't know. Rodney was arrested for the abduction and murder of Robin in July of 1979. After police circulated a sketch of him, his parole officer recognized him. This was just a month after he had his first run in with the girls, the girl and her friend on the beach. Finally, he got sloppy and got caught. Good. Yep. During a search of Rodney's mother's house, police found a receipt for a storage locker in Seattle. They found a pair of Robin's earrings in the storage locker. This, of course, further tied him to the murder. He was tried and convicted and sentenced to death in 1980. However, this original conviction was overturned in 1984 because the jury had not properly been told about Rodney's criminal record. 1986 was the second trial for Robin's murder. This trial was almost identical to the first trial, except not having testimony about Rodney's criminal history. He was sentenced to death once again. That is until 2001. So the, look at how long this is going on. Yeah. The conviction was nullified by a Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Evidence that the park ranger, evidence that the park ranger had found young Robin's body was hypnotized by police investigators was not allowed to be heard by the jury. Come on. It's all these years later now. Why is it so hard to convict this dude? I don't understand. Rodney took many photos of many young people. It's hard to say they were all missing people because as we heard earlier, one of the women that allowed him to take pictures of her lived to talk about it. Imagine being that woman. Right. As the years passed, DNA research started to come a long way in many cold cases where samples were taken were now being matched to killers. This is exactly what started to happen in Rodney's case. In 2003, prosecutors wanted to add onto Robin's case with four other victims. The defense, of course, didn't want this to happen. They had this to say. This really, 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 really angered me. But I know the defense lawyers and I know they're just doing their they're job. They're just doing their job. No matter how scummy it is. If you're a juror and you hear one murder case, you may be able to have reasonable doubt. But it's very hard to say you have reasonable doubt at all on all five, especially when four out of the five aren't alleged by eyewitnesses, by eyewitnesses, but are proven by DNA matches. So all four of those were matched DNA. And that's why the defense was like, no, like uh, we, we, we can't do all of those at once. I no, say too, no too flipping bad. He did murder all five of them, and the jury should hear all evidence, especially d- DNA evidence, all at once. I agree with you. Ugh, sorry. You feel better now? You flipped your hair. <sighs> Since when should we feel bad for a serial killer? Seriously. No, I hear you. Like, when, what else? All right, let's, let's put this into perspective. No, you can't show video of me eating this because it shows video of me eating this. Like, that's what he's basically saying. Right. Like, this is ridiculous. Right. These uh, alleged crimes prove that my client is guilty. Yeah, so there's no alleged here. Unbelievable. Oh, and by the way, this douche said, denied, 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 denied everything. Always. I saw pictures of what he looks like now. He looks like a total douchebag. Well, we'll just continue on. Okay. By 2006, so now we're up in 2006, guys. This thing's still going on. The California Supreme Court ruled that four other charges could be added on. Thank God. The four women added were 18-year-old Jill Barcombe, killed in November of 1977, 27-year-old Georgia Wickstead. 
She was raped, beaten, and strangled in December of 1978. 32-year-old Charlotte Lamb, oh, that's a cute name, killed June of 1978. And 21-year-old Jill Parentu killed in June of 1976. February of 2010. This is unbelievable. Rodney's trial began for the murder of all five women slash girls. Want to hear something interesting? Is it going to make me mad? I think it's going to make you laugh. Okay, then I do. This weirdo thought it would be a good idea to represent himself at trial. Oh, that usually works out so well. Right? I'm like, really? (laughs) It proved to be a really bad idea. And in February of 2010, he was found guilty of all five murders. He was sentenced to death in March of 2010. Holy moly, that took a long time. Good riddance three, to bad trash, though. Three trials, all with the same outcome. I don't feel bad for him at all. This same year, police released 120 photos they found in Rodney's storage locker to the public in the hopes of solving more cold cases. So it was said he had like well over like, I don't know if they said 900 or 1,000 photos. They could only release the 120 because the other ones were like pornography. Oh. Women, children. Yeah. Unbelievable. 21 women came forward to identify themselves. A few other families came forward after recognizing their loved ones that went missing years ago. But without any bodies, it was impossible to prove. There were many other photos retrieved that couldn't be released, like I said, because of the sexual, they were sexually graphic. After his conviction was made noon, New York authorities decided not to pursue him for the New York murders linked to him because he was already sentenced to death. But... In 2011, a Manhattan grand jury indicted him for the murders of Cornelia Crilly, remember Michael, they called her? Yep. The flight attendant in Ellen Hoover. He was extradited to New York where he entered a plea of not guilty for each murder. Come on, dude. Like, they have your DNA, sir. They have your DNA. And I, I loosely call you sir. The jig is up. It's up. Yeah. You're sentenced to death. Like, what do you have to lose at this point? Right? He was convicted and received a sentence of 25 years, which is bull crap, but at least he was already being punished, you know? In 2013, Christine Thornton's picture was recognized by family members. Her remains were found in Wyoming in 1982. She was six months pregnant when she went oh. missing in 1977. Rodney said he remembers taking Christine's pictures, but definitely didn't kill her, you know? Just because he killed those other women doesn't mean he killed her, right? I hate this dude. Wrong. His DNA was a direct match to the DNA found on her body. 19-year-old Pamela Jean Lampson was a San Francisco woman found dead in 1977, and she was left naked. Police believe that Rodney was the one that killed her. He was also suspected of killing Joyce Gaunt and Antoinette Whitaker from Washington. But again, not enough evidence to convict him. And in some cases, the DNA didn't last through the years. So that's really sad because in some cases, the DNA just, it was bad. It didn't. And now there probably will be no justice for them. Right. Like it wasn't preserved properly, maybe by what if I know. In 2016, 2016 guys, Rodney was charged with the murder of another one of the women in the photos. I still can't believe how long this is, this went on. All in all, this monster has nine known killings on the books, but many believe it's likely his total could be in the 100s. This number doesn't count rapes and attacks. Rodney may have killed in Washington, but definitely killed in California, New York, and Wyoming. 
he was behind bars at California State Prison Corcoran. Corcoran. Can I say that again? No, just roll with it. On death row. This is is the charity Midas touch. (laughs) His victims and victims' family would never get to see that day because he died on July 26, 2021 at the age of 77 from natural causes. It did not state what those natural causes were. I hope it was something ouchy, real ouchy. I hope it was like um, anal cancer or something. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Scumbag. Let's take the focus off this loser and remember the known victims because that's yes. that's the part that's important. 1968, we have Tylee Shapiro, attempted murder. 1971, Cornelia, Cornelia Crilly was killed. 1974, just simply said Julie J because she was underage, sexually assaulted. 1977, Ellen Hoover killed. 1977, Antoinette Whitaker, suspected of killing. 1977, Jill Barcombe, killed. 1977, Georgia Wixton, killed. He, he did a lot in 77, huh? Mm. Again, 1977, Pamela Jean Lampson, accused of killing. 1982, Christine Ruth Thornton, Thornton killed. 1978, Joyce Gaunt, suspected of killing. 1978, Charlotte Lamb, killed. 1979, Jill Parenteau killed. And finally, the one that got him arrested, finally, 1979, Robin Samso killed. So he was arrest- arrested in 1979. And it took all the way up to 2016. Yeah. That to is get nuts. all. That is, cr- I mean, I know a lot of it was because of DNA, and I understand that. But my God, three trials, all the same outcome. What a waste of time, money, effort. I don't know. Feelings. This guy was, this one, this really, my God, women, children, I just, how That's the narcissist in him though, Charity, that he kept saying I'm innocent and went all the way right till- Until he died. Yeah. And he died on his own terms, which really pisses me off. Well, maybe not his his own terms because he didn't take his life. But he died his natural life though. He, He died his natural life because it got prolonged for so long. Aggravates um, me. They should have put him to death years ago. I know. But well, that's a great case, Charity. I try. Aggravating is all heck, but what can you do? I apologize, Mark. I apologize. I apologize to the people for an irritating case, but they have to get him out there. Follow the show on social media, Facebook and Instagram, Case Watch Podcast, Twitter, Case Watch Pod. Go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I am at NotMarkB. The uh, cute blonde across the table is at charity <laughs> underscore case watch. And she always is blowing me away in the follower counts. So you got to jump onto the no. not Mark B bandwagon. No, we are back. I, you have more. We're back Wait, equal now. I, where are we? Yes. I don't know what's going on. Guys, we're checking live. On you the air. definitely have more followers than me. I think. Hold on. Let's see. Mark. Not Mark B has that many. Charity has. You have one more than me. Yes, because we were tied earlier. Oh, oh, that makes me let so me see mad. who the awesome person was who just started following me. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me check. Makes me angry. Mark what? angry. Me Mark angry. Although I haven't posted anything in a while, so that's probably why I don't get as many followers. 
Yeah, charity posts way more than me. I'm gonna have to post something tonight. No, because you you <laughs> either post beautiful photography pictures or Sophie. And that's did not I show fair. you this new Sophie picture? No. Let's see here. Where did it go? Look at her all cute on her little <gasps> perch. You gotta post that in the crime cre- Oh my god, so cute. She's so cute. I'm gonna post this right now on my Instagram account at <sighs> not Mark B if you want to check it out, guys. Whatever. Sophie the crime kitty for the win. They can follow both of us. It's totally fine. They can, but they can choose to follow me, though. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Bye, guys. See ya. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.